Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fenway Rundown. This is Mass Lives Red Sox podcast that we launched during a time when baseball season is put on hold. That's not stopping us from discussing the sport. So I'm excited to bring in two of my colleagues, the two guys that cover the Red Sox along with me at Mass Live are my co-beat writer, Chris Smith, and our columnist, Matt Votor. I think it's important before we begin because we're starting and we're recording this on Saturday night in the middle of a lot of unrest across America to obviously discuss what is going on with the George Floyd protests and uh, how that's really put any arguments between Major League Baseball and the MLBPA on the back burner. Suddenly, uh, the role of sports and a lot of athletes has increased in in these social issues. And uh, I'll turn it to Matt, who's really been writing about uh, a lot of what Jalen Brown's been doing, a lot of what some other athletes have been talking about. And um, it seems like at a time when no sports are going on, these people are finding their way into the spotlight for um, more important reasons, Matt. It certainly is an interesting time period because the athletes right now aren't they aren't with their teams and aren't being told, all right, you can do this, you can't do that. And I think you're, they're they're exercising that that additional um, additional freedom that they have in, to 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 really display who they are. And I think you, you've seen a lot of athletes and a lot of sports really um, affected by this, very understandably. I mean, it, it's you can't watch that video and not, and not and not really, you know, not just feel horrified and really question what what's going on and, and how does you know how does the country get to that point when you realize that how often that sort of thing has occurred and i think it's really interesting because um sports and athletes in general have been really in the forefront of some social change and and some some you know some cultural unrest in the past. I mean, you, you look back at you know, starting with Jackie Robinson. You look at what Bill Russell did with um, with the Celtics and 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 marching with 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 Dr. King, and really how athletes have used their um, have Muhammad Ali certainly comes to mind have used their uh, their platforms to. To become to to really influence people, and I think you're starting to see who in this generation are those guys. And Jalen Brown, you mentioned Jalen Brown before. He's certainly been an interesting one. Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Anytime you ever, if you ever get an opportunity to interview Jalen Brown, do it because he's an interesting guy. He's a, he's a smart guy. And he thinks about things to tr- to try to um, to learn and better understand and 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 better himself and better the situation around him and and um, 
the fact that he's involved in this, I think is, is, is good because he's a, he's a smart guy who, who can really affect things positively, I hope. Um, and it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how things happen going forward. Yeah, for sure. And obviously we've been so caught up, especially those of us. And, and by that, I mean, Chris and myself who write almost exclusively about the Red Sox, about all these talks uh, between Major League Baseball and the PA and kind of those tensions that seem like a big deal. And then when something like this happens and you say the real life takeover, I feel like the last few months have just been constant reminders of real life and how much more things matter more than, you know, a GM getting fired or banging trash cans in, in the tunnel or things like that. Um, things are obviously moving really quickly in that this is early Saturday night and um, it seems like it's going to be very active night of protests throughout the country so hope not to spend too much time on it because things are are constantly evolving and uh, the news side at Mass Live will be covering that uh, extensively as you can imagine so we will move on because this is a baseball podcast too those talks between Major League Baseball and the Players Association I think uh, it has been a week of Really not much progress there. You know, Major League Baseball gave their proposal, their counterproposal about the revised economics and the Players Association seemed to hate it as much as they did the revenue sharing idea. This idea of a sliding scale of pay reductions and everything uh, to me doesn't really seem like it's going to make a lot of headway with the players. And at this point, just a couple days short of that june 1st soft deadline to get something done it seems like we're no closer to actually having a season so chris um we talked about this you know obviously off air throughout the week are we going to be covering a season or not where is your gut at this point my gut is no and um you know i I feel like if any sport if any sport doesn't come back it's going to be baseball Mm -hmm. just because you know the union is so powerful and they're stubborn and they're going to, you know, and, and the owners are going to put their heads down. And so, um, you know, and they also have to think about the upcoming CBA, too, or this upcoming CBA. Uh, you know, neither side wants to look weak. And so they're both, you know, trying to, um, you know, get their money. And, and I can understand both sides. Uh, I can definitely understand where the owners are coming from, too. But, you know, They've already asked them to take a pay cut. They took a pay cut with prorated salaries. And, you know, I mean, you're looking at some of the scale and everything. Guys like Raphael Devers are not going to get paid what they should get paid. And so, um, you know, I think that it's I just I just don't think it's 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 going to be very tough for them to come to an agreement on this. Yeah, I I agree. And I usually leave the math assignments to you. You like to be the one that crunches the numbers and and does kind of those complex things. I was actually the one that took that this week and just looking at some numbers for the Red Sox, what they would make under this proposal. So just to refresh on the proposal, which is, is a lot of numbers and will make your eyes glaze over. The salaries are already cut basically in half, assuming there's an 81, 82 game season. And then there are tiered cuts up to, um, 20%, um, you get the guys would get 20% of their pay um, if they're making more than 20 million. It goes up by the dollar. It's a complicated scale. I urge you to look it up. Jeff Passan was 
was the one who reported on it earlier in the week. But uh, moral of the story, Chris Sale, who would make $30 million this year, even if he doesn't pitch, which he will not, is going to make under $5 million. J.D. Martinez, who is due to make $23.75 million, is going to make somewhere around $4.4 under this proposal. Xander Bogarts, who is going to make $20 million, 3.96. And then, as you said, the guys at the lower levels, the guys not making a million dollars for Rafael Devers, I think his was around... 304,000 or, or something like that. Um, Alex Verdugo, 270,000 short of his 600,000 he was about to make. So these are significant cuts, obviously, in the grand scheme of life. Those are still big numbers. $304,000 is a really good salary. But um, for a guy who is at the top of his game and was about to make 700,000 and a, a pretty steep increase this year in Raphael Devers, uh, those kind of things hurt. Matt, kind of giving us the full sports view you know we're all doing our aggregation shifts and writing about all different sports since the beginning of this shutdown so i've gotten the chance to write about the nba and the nhl and these types of things and they seem like they are making a lot of headway toward coming back the nhl has announced their plan the nba seems to be settled on this end of july at disney world um, and it seems like, at least from my limited view, and you can tell us more about this, that the talks were much more harmonious between the players' associations and the leagues when it comes to those two sports. It, it certainly feels like in both of those cases that it started from a standpoint of let's figure out how to get this done in a way that works for both sides. I think one of the underlying factors that's going on in baseball that that's not being talked about is the union got beat the last time they negotiated. The reason mm-hmm. free agency has changed, the reason why so many contracts have dragged so far into the um, into the offseason was because of the the way that the luxury tax was set up and the way that the collective bargaining agreement was the the union got beat and the union the baseball union which was the most powerful union in sports for a long time um all of a sudden uh, had taken an l on its hands and that and that's a tough thing so what you're seeing part of right now is tony clark trying to win back something that they lost before which mm-hmm. you can't it's not possible to do and at the same time set the stage for the next set of talks which a time-wise in the midst of a pandemic that's a bad look and i, I think I'm kind of in the player's corner for a lot of this stuff because, you know, players have a shelf life. um, The owners will make back the money that they didn't make. They always say, talk about the owners are losing money. It's not like the owners are going to reach into their pocket to make this happen. They're just not making the same money that they would have made in a lot of situations in most cases. That's not the case for everybody, but for a lot of them, that's with especially with prorated salaries that's they're you're right they're not going to make a ton of money but they're not it's not like they're it's not like they're you know remortgaging their house to to make this to make this work and so i think that i think um I think in the player's case, you're, you're, you can only play for so many years, and your your arm, your knees, that that, that all atrophies, and so for you to tell a player, okay, you have to take. You've already agreed to take less money, but we want you to take even less than that to go play in a situation that your health is in more danger. I get why that they're I get why they're balking at that. And I'm not I think that both sides have been really stupid when they've 
that they've decided to 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 adjudicate this in the court of public opinion. No, people are, are going to hate both of them in this. And in even if the the owner, if the if people blame the players for a season not happening, that's still not good for the owners because. For the for baseball to be healthy and to be healthy when this is all over, the owners need people to like the players too. It's not like it's not like you can have it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like you can have both. It's not like the people can just love the owners and hate the players. It, they need the owners need people to care about the players, to care about the team, to want to come to games again, to want to watch games on TV when it comes back. And right now. It's important for baseball to get out as quickly as it can because at the time of the year when they are normally at their uh, in the in the postseason, they're going to be competing with a postseason per- potentially for hockey for for basketball yep. as well. And you don't like baseball and the not, NFL, which is always an issue, of course. And you don't want to if you're baseball, you don't want to be in that in that boat. And and I think I think they've handled it. I think both sides have handled it it poorly. And and it, the long term damage, maybe permanent damage to, to baseball, is going to sit out there if, if if they do not get back on the field. I thought this was really interesting. Tony Maserati over at 98.5 The Sports uh, put up a poll earlier this week. He said it's a simple question: Do you want Major League Baseball to come back and play in 2020? Um, and there was over 13,500 votes. Mind you, uh, these are sports radio listeners generally who listen, who voted on this, so they are going to tend to be negative by nature. But it still came back. Uh, 58.6% of people said, no, we do not want Major League Baseball to come back and play in 2020. And there's 275 responses. I'm sure it was Twitter at its absolute peak. But I do think that this negotiation, if you want to call it that, or this argument, this long fight between billionaires and millionaires, as a lot of people have said, um, is really turning people off and saying at a certain point, you know, who cares? I think we've seen that even reflected in the readership um, of about all of these sports when it comes back. I mean, people don't want to hear about these fights. They want to hear about tangible progress toward getting the game back, and they want to know when they can tune in. And when that point happens, they're going to tune in in droves because in a lot of the country in a, a, in a few months, there's going to be still not much to do with all the social distancing measures and everything that are probably still going to go on uh, from the summer and the fall. So uh, to me, I'm not, I guess, as negative as Chris Smith, which is uh, – a good thing usually uh he says completely no i would say probably 40 percent yes 60 percent no uh, on there being a season just because um previously i would have said yeah these sides are going to have to figure it out they have one job it's to figure out how to get baseball going the losses would be too massive but it seems like neither side uh is willing to budge really at all and we saw that in the latest proposal so uh, a lot of work ahead of a, a lot of work ahead of the league and the players still to go can you see though why it would be a lot harder for Major League Baseball too than the than the NHL and also basketball? I mean, look at they yeah. they've already gotten the majority of their salaries. Matt, how how many months were left in each of those seasons? One month. Like right. that's, game, that's, right? that's a fair point. It, it, it absolutely is. Yeah, for um, so I mean they've already gotten you know say so I mean if you talk about prorated I mean they already got their seasons prorated and you know the majority of their season they got the majority of their money. The Major League Baseball of all the sports, it happened at the worst time um, of all these sports. And, you know, in terms of a money um, in a money sense in, in your salary. Yeah, for sure. And I think we're seeing that um, be a, a huge 
factor in all of this. Uh, let's turn to the Red Sox because that's the team that we cover, and there were some storylines that came out uh, Red Sox adjacent or Red Sox direct this week. Um, two of them came yesterday. The Red Sox join uh, plenty of other teams around baseball deciding to pay their minor leaguers $400 a week through the end of the regular season, the minor league regular season. So that seems to uh, put to bed any risk of those guys not being paid. But at the same time, 22 minor leaguers were released yesterday. I've seen some people say that those were the guys that were going to be released at the end of spring training anyway. But it seems like in general, you know, d- taking those 22 releases aside, and I'll put this question to Chris first and then Matt, um, the Red Sox are doing right by those minor leaguers in their system instead of doing something like the Athletics, who are not going to pay them at all past the end of this month. Yeah, actually, you could probably answer this for me, Chris. Um, is Are the Athletics the only team not doing it? or? I think so. I think there's teams that have not guaranteed it through the end of the season like the Red Sox, but I think the Athletics are the only one that said there's a hard stop at the end of May. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to see a situation where minor leaguers – are going to have to stop playing in general. Um, you know, their their careers are going to end because, you know, they didn't get the support financially. So, yeah, I mean, $400 isn't a lot of money, <laughs> but um, it's enough money. And, um, you know, these guys, I mean, I've talked to so many, and they have to work in the offseason. I don't think a lot of people understand that or, you know, a lot of people, even in the clubhouse in spring training, you know, major leaguers who – you know, got big signing bonuses out of out of high school and out of college. So they don't realize some of these guys, you know, have to work for the first, you know, for as, as long as until they get on a 40 man roster. And you've written about it's, a lot of those examples. <laughs> a lot of them. It, I've, I've written about a few and it's hard. Uh, you know, it's hard for them to even get to the majors and to support themselves and to support their families. And so, um, you know, and this is a very difficult time. I was talking to Josh Ackerman earlier uh after the pandemic uh, after everybody went home and everything and he was telling me he's like you know should i he looked into uber eats and there was there was no jobs available in uber eats but he was like you know he was thinking should i risk my health uh you know to make some money here i mean he it's funny because he he went home and this is a fifth round draft pick of the Red Sox. I, I forget what year, 2015 or 2014. You know, he's got a lot of power. He, he potentially could make an impact in the major league at the, at the major leagues as a platoon player. But anyway, you know, he went home and it was his mother's birthday, mm-hmm. and he didn't he didn't go over to see his mother. You know, because you know he was afraid of of giving something to her after traveling back and everything, and which he you know he he did the right thing there, obviously. But yep. he's also thinking about putting his own, you know, health in jeopardy, uh, you know, by going and, and trying to find another job because minor leaguers just don't make enough money. So, um, you know, I think that um, it's really a, a terrible thing that if you, um, you know, don't pay them like the Oakland Athletics did. At the end of the day, it's a small amount of money and you want your minor leaguers, you know, to the, the issue is, is like. If, if they're not, if they're not, um, you know, if, if they're not working out and they're not doing what they, you know, they're, they're not, um, sorry, about that. <laughs> I'm trying to make a point here where if they're not, so um, unlike you to out, ramble. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, but if they're not working out, they're not doing, you know, everything in the off season or in this time right now to, to be the best player that they can be, then, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, that doesn't help the organization. 
Uh, they want the, you know, they want the guys that they drafted to be able to, you know, help out in the majors. So, um, yeah, your Uber, your Uber Eats point is really good because the Red Sox don't want Josh Ockamy to be putting himself in position exactly. where they, like, ideally the Red Sox would like Josh Ockamy to be in whatever the most controlled workout situation that he can be in. And so you're, you're hoping, all right, you're living at home, so you're not paying rent. You've mm-hmm. got some sort of workout option available, and you're staying in as good a shape as you can in case he's somebody you want to have on an expanded roster. And so if he's doing some kind of, some kind of job where he's interacting with people, that's, that's dangerous. And not only that, but it's a bad look to try to get baseball back going again if you're wonder if you're worried about some of these guys having covid mm-hmm. and so it's bad on a on a micro level that yeah this guy you want him to be in a in good in good shape you want him to be doing what he's supposed to be doing to be as ready as he can when hopefully things get started again and at the same time you also don't want anybody to get sick because that'll scare people off about restarting Absolutely. I think something else that was brought up, um, the Royals, I believe, uh, decided that they were not going to release anybody or only release a small amount and then also pay um, their minor leaguers through the end of the season. And their GM, Dayton Moore, had this quote that went viral that I thought was really interesting and a side of this that I had not even thought about. Uh, It was, understand this, the minor league players, the players you'll never know about, the players that never get out of rookie ball or high A. Those players have as much impact on the growth of our game than 10-year or 15-year veteran major leaguers. They have as much opportunity to influence the growth of our game as those individuals who played for a long time because those individuals go back into their communities and they teach the game, work in academies, are JUCO coaches, college coaches, scouts, coaches, and pro baseball. They're growing the game constantly because they're so passionate about it. So we felt it was really, really important not to release one minor league player during this time, a time we needed to stand behind them. It's a great thought, quote. I'm not. I'm not sure we can use the phrase "go go viral" anymore. I think we need to. I think we need to figure <laughs> out what, an, an, another one for that. But that is. That's, yeah. that's a. That's a terrific. That's a terrific large, you know, big perspective quote from a guy that's certainly an intelligent baseball guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, and another story that broke yesterday. Uh, before we get back to the Red Sox and some pay cuts, was it something I think we should point out? A guy who is much maligned, I guess, by the media here, someone that Chris Smith uh, actually liked a lot in David Price. He obviously had his moments in his <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about – I thought you were going to say Drellick. Uh, no, well, that, that counts too. <laughs> but um, I like Drellick too. I like both of them. I like David and Drellick. That's nice. It's Chris Smith just, uh, just loves people in general. Um, but I think – the David Price story is one that was interesting because it, it was floated from a reporter, Francis uh, Romero, I think is his name, who I was not familiar with before. Uh, he broke this story, and I was able to confirm it yesterday that David Price has paid out of his own pocket an $1,000 gift to every minor leaguer in the Dodgers uh, system in the month of June. It's important to note the Dodgers are paying those guys. They're still getting their 400 a week. But 400 a week, if you do the math there, David Price's $1,000 gesture, you know, kind of doubles that. And at a time where these guys need money, I think that was a really cool thing to do. Obviously, David Price can afford it as a guy who signed a $217 million contract. We know he's not going to get all of it, but he's made over $200 million already in his career with a few years to go on that deal. And I think for a guy that was criticized you know, by me, by everybody on this podcast right now, and by a lot of people in Boston, I think that kind of thing goes to show you. Um, and it falls in line perfectly with a lot we've heard about him as a teammate, 
about him as a guy who the young guys uh, get to know and really like early on and a guy who even uh, has good relationships with minor leaguers in the system of whatever team he's on. And, and Chris, you can speak to that. Yeah, so I don't think David was a bad guy at all. Um, I think that he did some, you know, stupid things. I mean, his obviously his blow up with Evan Drellick and his blow up with uh, Dennis Eckersley. He was wrong to do both those things. They mm-hmm. were the wrong decisions. Um, but I think he's an emotional guy. He, he, you know, wears his heart on his sleeve sometimes, and that's probably why it was the wrong fit for for Boston. I mean, we saw before. Um, you know, before he came to Boston, he had some issues with the media. He had issues with Tom Verducci when Verducci said something on the 2013 telecast. Um, you know, he called him a nerd or something after the game, after uh, Price had given up the two home runs to David Ortiz in the 2013 ALDS. So, um, you know, I mean, I'm with David, he, he's, um, you know, he, he, his heart is usually probably in the right place. And, you know, you, you hear stories about how when this guy comes up and, you know, he saw a guy, a guy pitched against him, you know, making his major league debut and he sent a ball over or signed ball or something, you know, saying, you know, good job or something. Or, you know, he's always doing these things for younger players. He's always doing things for his teammates. Uh, you know, getting whether that's getting a bunch of Nike shoes for them or whatever. Um, some might say might say that he's trying to you know win over them by paying for stuff like that. But I think that he's a good guy. What, what did he, what did he yeah. buy you? What did he buy you to get you he right nicely? Me, well, he bought me nothing. Um, <laughs> the thing you know, it's funny. Like I I wrote a bunch of negative stuff on David Price in two thousand. What was it? Sixteen. I think I was I was more unfair on him or I guess I probably was unfair on him because, you know, I, I brought up the whole postseason thing and how he couldn't perform in the postseason. And if you look if you really break down the numbers, I mean he got a bad rap. A lot of times Joe Madden was just leaving him in because they didn't have a, you know, they didn't really have a bullpen and so I mean, you know, look just looking at that game, that two thousand thirteen game where where um you know, David Ortiz hit the two home runs off of him. Um, you know, he shouldn't have been in the games eight innings or seven. I think it was seven or eight innings he pitched in that game, and he got shelled. And, he's, you know, if you look at playoff baseball, everybody's being taken out at, you know, after the fourth inning now, even if they have a good start. So, you know, I mean, a lot of those numbers, you know, it's a small sample size and everything. But, you know, he heard it before he got to Boston and then about the playoffs and, and everything. And it just wasn't really a good fit. But I think that um, so I think that's that's the side that the media got if they saw of David Price was the David Price that was angry and, you know, had this, um, you know, would lash out at the media, you know, but I think that overall David Price isn't a bad guy. And, um, you know, I mean, he just he just says things he probably shouldn't say because right. his emotions get to him. Uh- one thing I wanted to bring up before we break, uh, you brought up Evan Drellick. He broke a story yesterday <laughs> that um, is interesting about the Red Sox. And I'll start with Matt because Chris just answered the last question. The Red Sox are instituting pay cuts for their non-uniform employees starting in June. Anybody who makes over 50000 is going to have their pay cut uh, at the top up to 30%. I think you're making more than 500,000, which you can assume uh, some of the people that are in that range, whether that be uh, Bloom or Sam Kennedy or some of those guys. Um, it 
for the lower people, I believe 20% pay cuts for um, you know, people making 50 or 60,000. That's a significant amount. And for a team that is as rich and an ownership that is as rich as the Red Sox, according to Evan Drellick, that is making people in the building livid. Matt, just wanted to get your thoughts on on that and uh, kind of the perception or the, the PR look that uh, the Red Sox are giving off. Well, twenty percent of of fifty thousand is forty thousand. So I mean, you're, you're I mean, or it's ten thousand. So you're you're this guy's you're a dropping, genius. Yeah, no, you're dropping. Well, <laughs> you're dropping somebody down significant amount in one of the most expensive cities to live in in America. And so yeah. I mean, and and when you're doing that, I mean, that's not like you're asking people to take you know to take uh, furloughs or 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 time off when they can they can get some unemployment benefits on that too. In there are people, especially in, in the early stages of trying to to work in professional baseball, that uh, that are living paycheck to paycheck. That yeah. and that has to be that has to be challenging. And and there's certainly not opportunities for somebody that works the hours that somebody a baseball front office person works to augment that with something else. It's not like you can all of a sudden go be a substitute teacher for extra money and that, you know, so, so I, I think that, uh, that, that is tough. That's not a great look for, for, for John Henry. Um, and so I, I, I don't have, you know, when it's the, when it's the people at the upper end of the ladder, you, you know, you usually feel like they, they can handle it. Uh, yeah. for for a period of time but for for people that are making for people that are making 50 that that's uh you know fifty thousand dollars doesn't go that far in boston and so that that's for that's that can be difficult and you need your baseball organization to feel like a family because you're asking people to be together that often and, right. and for long hours and to really commit to a common goal and, and when you cut into that that's that's that doesn't go unnoticed yeah, and a lot of yeah, teams so, around baseball. Sorry, one sec, Smith. Well, yeah, uh, but so, uh, go ahead. No, no, I was going to ask Matt. What, what do you think? Would it have been better off if they were furloughed? Well, to from from a financial standpoint, uh, it would have been better off because they could have they could have applied for unemployment. In that in that for if you're if you're furloughed for a week, if you're furloughed for two weeks, you can apply for unemployment. You can't do that if you just if your salary is just cut. And so that's. And then, but the Red Sox don't get the work out of them, obviously. Yeah, that's the thing. Right. So, so, so it would be more fair to them probably to furlough them. I, I would I would think so, uh, in that in that situation for sure. You're just basically asking people to do the same job for less money. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is that is a tough ask. We've seen other organizations. The Angels are furloughing a ton of people. I believe the Athletics, uh, who have looked hor- more worse than every other team in baseball throughout all this, are furloughing employees, the Marlins and the Rays. And in a lot of these organizations, it's guys that have put in all the grunt work for the draft who are now being furloughed or laid off uh, two weeks before the draft. That MLB draft will be our big story, uh, along with you know the future of the sport. And the next couple weeks. Um, but that's it for now for us. That's Matt Votor and Chris Smith. Hope everybody stays safe and stays healthy and stays sane waiting um, for baseball season to potentially start.